For many, many, and I mean many months, I have been doing a feature called Meet the Boss. It used to be called Meet the CEO, but we then called it Meet the Boss, and I've interviewed quite a number of people. I would say nothing less than 40. But tonight, it takes on a very interesting turn because actually, I am speaking to my boss. <laughs> so it's not only a boss, it is my boss. So please, I would like you to do yourself a favor. As I do this introduction, get yourself that water, the drink, switch off the television, because this is going to be a very interesting conversation, even <laughs> if I have to say so myself. Mm. And your responses on social media told me this is one of the most anticipated shows I have <laughs> ever done. He has just been confirmed and appointed as uh, the COO of uh, the South African Broadcasting Corporation. He's a former journalist. Uh, he comes with a huge uh, industry background in telecommunications. He is, uh, okay, I'm not going to mention his name yet because you know it anyway. Until recently, he was Group Executive for Corporate Affairs at MTN. Uh, President Tabo Mbeki was the first guest on his show, Africa 360, in which Mbeki called him the Walter Cronkite of Africa. It can never get better than that. <laughs> Chris Maroleng joined the ISS after completing a master's degree in political science at the University of Cape Town. Although he comes from a household with little money, his father is an Anglican church vicar. I don't know if it could be pronounced vicar. You know my church no, uh, issues. Yeah, it is a vicar. I'm right. Okay. I, I, I've watched a few English uh, comedies. And uh, his mother, a teacher who had six sons, uh, Chris secured a bursary or secured bursaries to study security and intelligence. His South African father met his Zimbabwean mother in Bulawayo when he went into exile. That's why he looks so handsome. Now I understand. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that, is that hybrid? Well, he's in studio and I'm not going to read all his profile. We're going to talk about him and where he comes from and all that stuff. He is our guest on Meet the Boss and we're going to open the line sooner than you think. 089-110-3377. And on Twitter at Rams by the Horns, and you can tag him at Chris Maroling. That's right. Yeah. And Chris Maroling. At Chris Maroling. And then, uh, of course, on Facebook, it's Metro FM Talk with Rams. We take all your questions. You can also email us talk at metrofm.co.za. Officially, we are on Meet the Boss. And I drag the boss into studio. I feel so, so good. <laughs> now, normally, I would call people by a first name but because he's boss i'm gonna say mr marolem how do i call you chris okay he's giving me permission good evening mate <laughs> good evening brother how are you doing i'm very well thank you how are you it's such a privilege to be here i really appreciate uh the offer to come on to the program and uh i've always listened to you and finally i'm on your show so i'm excited I'm, i must say this uh, and 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 it's very important for me to say this yes sir the, the the speed with which you responded to our request was amazing. Yeah. We expected somebody in a new, huge job like this that uh -huh. if we're lucky, two weeks, but realistically a month. Yeah. And you responded within a day. Yeah. Yeah. With your personally, you didn't even send somebody to respond. <laughs> that was amazing. No, I look, like I said, Rams, I think one, one of the key things is that I've been an admirer of our program. And I think as much as possible, what we should do as the SABC is tell our own stories. Yeah. Um, I have come here to our public broadcaster really with a strong mandate from our board yeah. to try and make it more accessible, really ensure that we become more accountable and transparent in the way in which we do things. Yes. And really begin driving what is the engine of the SABC, which is our operations, the core aspect yes. of the business. So I'm, I'm both excited and energized about the opportunity and I'm naturally attracted uh, to other people who are similarly as attracted and energized, not just about the SABC, but about our country. And yes. I've been uh, listening to some of your broadcasts and I thought, you know, what a fantastic way also to begin talking about, you know, the great work that is ahead of us uh, than on my brother Rams's show. <laughs> so normally we would divide the show into two sections one third about you and the two thirds remaining about industry issues and stuff yeah tonight i'm going to dedicate nothing less than nothing more than five minutes into the <laughs> chris the man and allow our listeners to speak to you for the rest of the conversation mm -hmm. but before we do that because it is important to you and i i'm gonna take a break <laughs> 
Uh, for a second, I forgot I have to go on air because I'm chatting to uh, my guest. Uh, he's Chris Maroling. He is the chief operating officer of the SABC. He's six days in office and he has not lost any hairs. Uh, he has not lost any weight. And his skin is looking sharp as ever. But we shall ask him again in a few months and see how it's going. Chris, where does it all begin? Where's home? Uh, tell us a bit about the up- upbringing. Yeah. yeah. So, as you mentioned in your intro, I had a very interesting upbringing in that uh, my parents were very political. Yeah. My father left the country, moved to Zimbabwe, and this was sometime in the late 60s. Yeah. And that's when he met my mother. And uh, during the course of their meeting, uh, they had us. Yes. Uh, I have six older brothers. Wow. It's not six older. Five. Five older yes. brothers. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm number six. Yeah. And we're a very sort of close-knit uh, family. Um, from, from Zimbabwe, we stayed in a number of places like Botswana, in the United Kingdom, etc. as our parents uh, moved around. And then finally... When the transition to democracy happened in this country, you know, we were so elated, um, like many other people who are outside of the country, to yeah. be able to come back. You know, and I remember when we were out of, you know, the country, one of the things that was always emphasized to us was the need for us to come home. Yes. The need for us to always remember that. Um, hey, and uh, that more importantly, until we see the total liberation of our people, yes. our country. We ourselves are not free, even though we had far much more freedoms than I think um, uh, the average South African during the previous dispensation, political dispensation, yeah. uh, had. So, you know, it's, 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 it's great uh, also now to find myself in a position where um, as part of that culture and that heritage, of public service, of uh, patriotism, yeah. one is now able also to to serve in a small part by uh, coming to this important institution uh, and supporting the mission of public service broadcasting. But country. you know, you're not a stranger. We we know you <laughs> yeah, from television, yeah, yeah. and and, and uh, those of us who yeah. follow industry issues, we also know you from the MTN Group. Yeah. So you you've been around. You've you've mm. done amazing yeah. work. Yeah. Everywhere else. So, yeah. so <laughs> I, I'd like us to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. your television uh, surgeon, if I could call it that, <laughs> and, and ask whether that experience mm-hmm. is something that would have played a role when mm-hmm. you took that decision uh, <laughs> to, to say, I'm going to try this SABC uh, elephant. Yeah, mm-hmm. it played a big role. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be invited into uh, ETV as it launched its 24-hour news service. Yeah. And as it launched, I was asked to be the founding editor and head of department yeah. of the Africa division. And the Africa division really, the, 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 the sort of vision was that it should broadcast news about the continent from the continent and telling stories from an authentic perspective. Because when we watched many other broadcasters, when they spoke, uh, reported on Africa, it was normally a stereotype of Africa. Yes. You know, the dark continent, uh, the continent that was hopeless, etc., etc., with all of its challenges. But that was not the experience of the majority of Africans who lived in this continent. Yes. But the problem is that we were not telling our own stories on our own platforms. And fortunately enough, I was part of a team that began that progress towards uh, developing this continental vision. Uh, E-News ultimately became ENCA because of the work that we're doing. Uh, The A became uh, the Africa, E-News Channel Africa. Mainly due to the efforts of us trying to broadcast to Africa and the rest mm. of the world. So we were broadcasting to about 48 African countries on wow. DSTV and also the United Kingdom. We had a syndication into the USA where we also uh, broadcast on a platform called the Africa Channel. Yeah. So we were being watched by people far and wide. But ultimately... 
um, what was lacking was really the resources that, say, a public broadcaster has yeah. to teach and to inform people about the continent. Mm. Uh, it was a commercial venture, so we were very restricted in some of the work that we could have done. But to answer your question, yes, that initial uh, journey into broadcast resulted in that bug biting. Yes. And ultimately, it, it, it resulted in this love affair with uh, broadcasting, with journalism. Because when I started, um, <laughs> I had a very disparaging attitude towards journalists and the media. I used to call our colleagues media bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> and that was because of a frustration about the way in which stories were told yeah. and the way in which we interacted with um, the subjects of the work that we're doing. But ultimately, um, I got to a stage where I became the biggest media bunny. <laughs> and that was because, in essence, I began understanding the challenges that yes, face yes. media professionals, including journalists, in trying to tell stories. The challenges that we find in newsrooms that are increasingly facing less and less resources, but being asked to produce more and more stories. Mm -hmm. But also with newsrooms that are increasingly filled by very junior yeah. colleagues. Yes. So all of these things really uh, raised an awareness in me about the crucial need to have broadcast platforms that are focused on not just entertaining and not just uh, providing us with uh, sort of outlets for the interests that we have, but ultimately in informing, in educating, and really opening up the world to us and the opportunities that are out there. And that is why, ultimately, that decision to enter into broadcast in 2008 in a commercial broadcaster has ultimately played a crucial role in my decision to join our great public broadcaster in the year 2018. And that concludes the fun part. <laughs> my guest is Chris Marolin, Chief Operations Officer, SABC. New in the job, but he's not new in the industry. He's been around. And by the way... Uh, his uh, last job before he came here, took him back again into the continent and did a whole lot of work for the MTN group uh, in, in the continent. But we can fill in those missing uh, links as we go forward. We're going to get into the issues, and I invite you. 89 is charged with running the operations of your public broadcaster. So this is the man to ask questions of. I can promise you, I will not get this opportunity anytime soon. So let's use it. Let's okay. call 089 Twitter at Rams by the Horns, and you can tag at Chris Maroling. And let's, uh, let's ask him as many questions as we can. His schedule is going to be very busy. So here's my first question. Why am I hearing that? <laughs> the first question I ask because I can always claim that I was doing my journalistic duty, so I had to ask you this question. Mm. So nothing to do with me. Uh, 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 what do they call it? Uh, uh, I'm not threatening my income here. So I'm just doing journalistic work. <laughs> Why on earth would anybody sane and intelligent and okay who could get any job anywhere else take on the <laughs> SABC with all this history, with all these problems, with all these financial uh, uh, troubles? Yeah. What happened to your head? Actually, when I decided to to take up the role, it was one of my moments of clear realization. And I say this not, not in a frivolous sense because, you know, Rams, normally guys like me sit around in, you know, very comfortable corporate offices in our comfortable spaces where we live. And we develop this tendency of complaining yeah. and being critical of, things that we are not happy with. And in this regard, it reminds me of, 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 of a statement that was made by, you know, the former president, the late of the United States, John F. Kennedy, who yeah. said, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Yes. And that the price of freedom is constant vigilance. And in many ways, I was encountered with a situation where I believed I had skills uh, in broadcast, in telecommunications. They were, we were moving towards 
conversion and there was this great opportunity to apply for a role to basically become part of the people who turn around our public broadcaster, the SABC. Mm. And it was that reason, simple fact that I wanted to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And ultimately, it was a decision that I took knowingly and uh, really understanding what those challenges were and that they were big challenges mm. that I was taking up. It, from, from, from outside, before you walked in, what, what were your perceptions about the real, and maybe one or two, the real serious issues mm. that you're going to have to tackle coming in here? You know, one of the, 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 the important things about the SABC is that even though we can list a litany of challenges around the uh, management and administration of the SABC, here's the truth. I can't remember one day even during the darkest moments of the SABC where we were off air. So in essence, what I'm trying to say to you is that the diagnostic of the SABC was that it had serious challenges, but it was not broken. Mm. And it was not broken because we had to understand that the people who form the core of the SABC remained dedicated and committed to fulfilling the mandate of the SABC as uh, stipulated in the SABC Charter, yeah. in the Broadcast Act, in the various regulations that ICASA provide us. Mm -hmm. And that there was still a committed core of people, notwithstanding all the challenges, who would wake up day in and day out and do their work. Because like me, they understood the crucial importance of the work that they were doing. Mm. It was more than just a job. They understood that this had to be done not just in their personal interest, it's also important, but really in the national interest. So having realized that, I began to then analyze the situation and I quickly realized that, you know, if we could develop an enabling environment for the people who were working here to you know, get on with the work of broadcasting to engage in a system that was depoliticized mm -hmm. to provide us with content editorially that was free of bias, free of prejudice, but ultimately reflected the experiences of the average South African we could turn around this institution mm. pretty rapidly. And I'm still committed to that process. For that, though, you will need more than Chris's commitment. I suppose you're going to need the commitment of the board. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the, uh, the shareholder, which is government. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing. When, when we talk about ensuring the independence of the uh, South African Broadcasting Corporation, I have been very fortunate in that I have a board um, that is backing me, that from the get-go has spoken about the crucial need for us to ensure the independence of the SABC. And that is from interference, both political and otherwise, so that the vision that I have uh, shared with you earlier on about that independence is ensured. So I'm coming in here simply to implement a mandate that yeah. comes from the board of uh, the public broadcaster. We're also fortunate in that we, we currently have a, a shareholder representative in the minister who has also shown a great interest in the South African Broadcasting Corporation. And this has been demonstrated in the way in which she has looked in and tried to ensure that proper processes were ensured, yeah. were carried out in the appointment, in my own appointment. Yes. And indeed has insisted that in any other senior appointment, I think it we would be remiss and indeed very mischievous if we now enter a stage where as we talk about the independence of the SABC, 
we do not recognize the authority of the shareholder and its representative being the Minister of Communications, who herself has shown a great interest in the work of the SABC and turning it around. And I think, you know, it has been unfortunate in that certain people have presented the interest that has been shown by uh, the Minister of Communications as some kind of an attempt to usurp the responsibilities of the board. I understand it quite differently. I understand it as her ensuring that the authority that is vested in her in the very same legislation and regulations that I cite are fully insured and aligned. So you, you were never perturbed during that slight turbulence when, when there was an announcement and then there was a pullout and, and, and stuff like that? I think I, I came from a position that unfortunately, like many people in the public, was slightly more informed about what was going on. And it was not coming from a position where I felt that this was a personal attack on me. If we look carefully at what the minister was saying, she was saying simply that within her authority, she had the right to ensure that due process was being followed yeah. in the appointment of the COO and that she should be satisfied. You know, I don't want to sound like I speak on behalf of the minister, but I can simply say that there was an understanding also as shared with me by my board who were uh, fully um, seized with the, the crucial need of helping me understand that we were entering into a situation where the board itself and the minister needed to uh, get to a place where they understood each other and acted in the interest of the SABC, which I believe, uh, as you can see, they have now done. Okay, we're going to take another break, and I can promise you, when we come back, I leave the man in your hands. 089-110-3377. Chris Maroling is our guest on Meet the Boss. He's Chief Operations Officer at the SABC, and you are now officially the guys in charge. I'm just going to be the facilitator when we come back. On a Tuesday, tonight, I have a throwback Monday because guess who is the first caller on the show? None other than Jacob <laughs> from Alberton. Good evening, Jake. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you for asking. How are you? I, I need to first, uh, I don't know if I should call you Sakap or what. I must. Uh, good evening, uh, the, the big boss, uh, CEO <laughs> Chris Merling. <laughs> How are you, sir? Good evening, projects. Uh, uh, I could, I would be better if you're going to answer uh, me these questions that I have been asking your presenter about when, uh, in January, the first thing that I sent to him when I was complimenting him for the new year, I said to him, when are you bringing back the open line? And his question, his answer to me was, I don't make policy. And when today well, I woke up in the morning and I see he posted, uh, he's going to be having you. And I thought, I didn't check the time. I thought, oh my goodness, I missed it. It was yesterday. Oh, heavens have it today. And my question to you is, we had this successful feature, which is called open line, mm -hmm. and where we will vent. I think you will know it as you listen to the show. Yeah. Where we will vent, we'll talk about politics and everything. Yeah. And that was just taken away. Mm. And honestly, I don't want to lie to you. It took me a bit longer to adjust to the others, but I still feel that um, that is something that we're still really, really... Honestly, I, I'm requesting you if you can bring it back. And if when if you bring it back, when would you do that? And mm. also, the other one is in terms of current affairs. Mm. You know, I listen to Metro, and... Why, what I get used to Metro is that I always get current affairs. You know, you you sort of um, when you, with current affairs with radio, you get accustomed to a certain radio station. And I listen to Robert after Robert is Rams, <laughs> and I say, okay, that's where I'm gonna be for current affairs. I don't wanna go to another station. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, can you please bring it out of that bag? And the last one, I'm gonna touch you. 
in your position. I'm sorry. <laughs> somebody, somebody was always gonna go there. You just had to go somebody there. was always gonna go there. <laughs> Yeah. I, it's, I know it's going to be a touchy one, uh, a difficult one. The name that I mentioned, you know, those two combinations, and because they also owe us, they promised us to make to do a show together. That was that's Rob and 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 that gentleman there, <laughs> and and it didn't happen. They owe us, <laughs> and somehow. Um, Unfortunately, I, I can't really tell you. I, I hardly listen to this. I listen to sports now maybe once once a week. That means my listenership is taken away from Metro. I have to go to the other station only only occasionally. And would you please consider also, I don't know if it's possible, bring the men back if you can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jake, and thank you for coming back. We have missed you on the show, and I'm glad that tonight... I could say good evening, Jacob, because he's always the first caller. I promise you, well, especially on the open line, we would know the first person to call is Jacob. And yes, we lost him because you no know, things happened. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Let's answer his questions. No, I think uh, Jacob asked some very very difficult questions, but some of these are um, sort of legacies of the past. And in the interest of of moving forward and allowing. Uh, the people of South Africa, the audiences that uh, Rams you serve here at Metro FM to have a greater say around what kind of content they want to consume, what kind of channels of engagement they have, what kind of talent and presenters they have, I can only say the following. The open line is open. You can see that now, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm here also yeah. speaking to you on the open line. With regards to, you know, administrative issues related to how we manage and what kind of talent we bring on air, I have a fantastic team of guys right now at executive level, and I was speaking to them around um, radio, broadly speaking, and some of the plans that we have around uh, sort of restoring the integrity and the commercial viability of um, our radio platforms as the South African Broadcasting Corporation as we fulfill our public service mandate. And in this regard, we have realized, and I think there is a realization that big mistakes were made in the past that have compromised the quality, that have compromised even Let's talk about the integrity of the content that is on the public broadcaster. And I can assure you, without mentioning any names, that my team and I are going to be working hard to restore that integrity and the position of the SABC as the leader in broadcasting in South Africa and on the continent. So, pra Jacob, watch the space. Because, Chris, I, I can also imagine that when uh, the integrity of what we broadcast and, and, and the content is compromised, we also compromise potential of income. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, as you are aware, Metro FM is ultimately one of the commercial platforms that we have yes. as uh, the SABC. And it's incumbent on us to ensure that the decisions that we make as uh, leaders of this business, do not in any way compromise the commercial viability, especially of our commercial mm. platforms. This relates to, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of content that we play on our platforms, that we must ensure that that content is aligned to what our listeners want. We should also ensure that the talent, the people who work very hard to bring us programs and content, be they presenters or producers, that they, our employment here is one that is both um, free from harassment, intimidation, and that they feel good coming to work. Yeah. You know, and they don't feel that they are doing uh, or presenting uh, programming under duress. I think we should also ensure that we are aligned with what 
uh, our audiences want, our crucial audiences who keep the lights on here by listening to us day in and day out, that the content, the presenters, the audiences are aligned and that ultimately uh, we can then uh, present products to advertisers that they would want to support on a commercial basis. Well, from our number one uh, caller on the show to our number one uh, Twitter uh, activist on the show, Mewaha Majuta, he always, he's always the first to write on Twitter. He says, does Chris enjoy the support of Lituli House and the labor movements uh, like his predecessor? Is it important to enjoy both? That's question number two. Question number three, does the SABC make millions in profit as alluded by his predecessor? Uh, whom, by the way, he mentions by name, but I just like using the the, the word predecessor. I just discovered it. And uh, is censorship <laughs> still the order of the day at SABC newsrooms? Four questions from Mewa Hamajuda. Mm-hmm. Look, the, 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 the issue of um, drawing support from a wide array of stakeholders as uh, a member of the board of the SABC and indeed as a member of executive management is crucial for any business. Any business wants to have a diverse array of stakeholders, important stakeholders in all spaces, political spaces, in commercial spaces, in social spaces. And I'd like to think that... uh, the nature of my appointment has been such that it has brought in somebody who, in my view, according to the board, was brought in for his technical competence. And I think the technical competence should ultimately be the milestone under which we should judge whether there has been an acceptance of that candidate. And I look to the board as that crucial indicator of whether they find approval of this candidate. So ultimately, I am responsible to the board. And it is to the board that I have a mandate. Uh, Whether uh, political players here and there support, I would like to think that I, I do have it, but I would not like to speak on behalf of any uh, actor. In terms okay. of censorship, look, um, we, we, we are not here to censor. We, as I indicated, indicated to you, operate under a highly regulated industry compliance requirements. And those requirements are found in the regulations that are given to us by CASA. They are also found in the Broadcasting Act. And they strictly prohibit censorship. And I will not be the guy who suddenly introduces processes of censorship. In actual fact, what we want to do is provide South Africans with platforms when they can express their views, as long as they do not incite violence, Mm -hmm. as long as they do not incite hate, as long as they do not intimidate others, but ultimately provide a platform for the democratic expression of uh, their freedom of expression and association. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven is the number. For some reason, people are interacting more on Twitter uh, than on on the phone, which is very strange. You are intimidating my listeners, Chris. Uh, I'm worried about this. Uh, Ezix Tolle says, "Good evening, say." What are your plans for the SABC radio division, especially the regional division, in terms of them appointing the right people? Slightly linked to that, if they are linked, Lee and Kerry says. Please ask Chris if he has any plans to hire television and radio makers on a full-time basis. I wonder why I would want to do it full-time. Uh, makes little sense for a broadcaster to run the show when most producers are freelancers. Yeah. yeah. No, I, look, th- these are, are very pertinent questions and they talk to the strategy and to really the business of broadcasting. So in terms of the, the radio division and its appointments, what, what I can say, is right now I have a fantastic group executive for radio um, who began her role a few months ago. Uh, I have a great respect for her and her team, and I think that we are now going to empower them to make the right decisions across radio. My role really is an enabler. You know, in soccer, they call it number six. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm that yeah. kind of number six guy, yes. you know, and I have my strikers. And the problem with some of my strikers is that they weren't really allowed to score goals. And the challenge of a situation where you're not able to score goals is that it, it creates frustration in the business. Mm. When the business itself, due, its, due to its processes and its systems, acts as an impediment to success. So I can assure you that we are going to count on our uh, competent members of staff to make those decisions. Around TV and radio content producers, look, um, the reality of the situation is that the SABC cannot arrive at a situation where they are paying full-time uh, producers of radio uh, to do this work. But ultimately, what we would like to see is the SABC supporting competent producers of content, yes. whether they're full-time employed. Because I think it's not about who produces the content, but the quality of that content, the relevance of that content, and whether it is enjoyed by the audiences that we ultimately claim to be serving. Uh, this message is written... Uh on my own WhatsApp, by a gentleman who happens to be a former station manager here. <laughs> His name is one Martin Villagas, and he says, Hey, Tata Rams, please tell Chris he's a breath of fresh air. All the best to him. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. <laughs> There's also a uh, message, and this person says, Please keep me anonymous. He's somebody who knows me. They wrote on my WhatsApp, and they say, I have been a listener of Metro FM for all its life. And I have realized that in the last 10 to 15 years that the station is slowly but cunningly doing away with the jazz program. Is that what is planned and are you going to save us from that <laughs> problem? Look, like, like I said, I think what, what we have to do is not get to a situation where in the interest of, you know, looking good or saving face, I make promises that I cannot keep. Yeah. What I can say is that we now have a team in the radio space led by a very, very competent um, group executive for radio yeah. who is committed to ensuring that the audiences and the interests of the people are ultimately what drives the way in which we decide what has airtime. So I'm throwing it back to my team and saying, guys, I know some of them are listening. We need to act in the interest of our audiences and in the people of South Africa who we claim to serve. Bake is calling us from Whitbank. Good evening, mate, and thank you for the call. We are all ears. We're good. Give it to us. Give it to us. We are ready for you. Yes, I'd like to ask the, 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 the new man on the hot seat <laughs> a simple question. Um, uh, Mr., what's your take on the on the ninety ten thing that we had going on a few years ago? It's only last year. It's not a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, last year. It seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, look, um, th that's, that's a very easy question for me to answer. The board of the SABC has already made a policy decision around the 9010. Um, they have reviewed it downwards and they have said that it is not sustainable, particularly on our commercial platforms. But in saying that, what they have also insisted on is that they want to see a commitment towards supporting our local artists, but not at the expense of undermining the commercial viability of our stations because it is the very same commercial viability that keeps us on air that allows us to to play our artists that allows us to have local um, presenters local uh, content producers uh, front and center of our public broadcasters so we take very seriously our role as supporters of local content. But ultimately, um, the 9010 uh, has proven itself not to be commercially viable. And as a result, we are returning to a place of full commercial viability so that we can ultimately serve 
the interest of local producers in a more sustainable and long-term fashion. Bakke, any follow-up? No, nah, there's nothing except the issue of Rob, but I think it's been answered. <laughs> In fact, thank I you thank you, Bakke. In fact, I have now been, there's more people asking about that question, and I have particular bias. He was a buddy of mine. We were trying to do a show <laughs> together, but I have now been responding to everyone and said, the question has been asked and answered. So let, let's move on on, a, on on that one a bit. Uh, uh, but I have no view. So we're going to take another break and then conclude this conversation with more calls and more tweets. Feel free to write on Twitter at Rams by the Horns, on Facebook, Metro FM Talk with Rams, and 089 You know how I love voice. Please don't condemn me to Twitter. This is the one part I hate most about this show and pretty much this feature. It's because before I notice it, time has run out. We've got five minutes before we conclude. So I'm going to take as many of your calls as possible. Please, if we can, get to the question and the issue much quicker. We are fine. I'm not being rude and I know people complain about that, but we have been okay. So the niceties can stay up away a bit. Let's get to the question. Let's get as many people asking questions as possible and suddenly they do this. At the end of the show, they all start calling. For some reason. I don't know. Our (laughs) listeners are just like that. So in Bloomfontein, Kahiso, you're the first. Please ask your question. Good evening to you. Thank you very much, Rams. And uh, let me start by congratulating uh, Chris. Uh, I think it's been long overdue. Uh, my, 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 My plea on the respect of African languages on our PBS, particularly Mutsuedin, yeah. I would be happy if the COO can uh, really direct his focus on the respect of languages on Mutsuedin. We've been raising this in many a times, but I think the management of that particular station does not take uh, the, the, the Setswana speaking into their cognizance, number one. The second one, which is the last one about Robert Marawa, didn't get the response from the COO <laughs> with regards to the Robert Marawa issue. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Kadima in Polokwani. Good evening. Um, straight to the question. Ah, you're Thank a great you man. You're a great man. Thank you. Um, my question is around the SABC and DSTV or Matthew Choice deal, which at face value is questionable. And I wanted to check with the COO if he will be look, re-looking at the deal to see what really happened there because our I think the archives were sold uh, for less than what they should have been and maybe they should have been kept with the SAPC. Thank you. Excellent question. Um Shangabezi Etegwini, good evening. Please ask the question. Yes, and good evening to the gentleman. <coughs> yeah, hi, hi, how listening. are you doing? How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Um I'd like to find out from you guys as to is Metro FM planning to extend the frequencies? Say, typically, it's only from the the south part of Wazulunatal, because say, like Pachini Pachetti, is not Metro FM then, and it's the biggest region, and uh, you know, it goes on such part like a bizarre up until like that. So, is Metro FM planning to do so? And also, I didn't get to because I was still driving on my way back to my place. And I didn't get to find out what was in response regarding the Robert Marawa issue. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mshagavis. Last but not least, Oscar in Middleburg. Good evening. Uh, the Robert Ant's question has been asked, so don't repeat that one. Ask another one. You're going to respond to that one, uh, Oscar. Okay. Uh, I like to ask something, man. Where the radio station which is called Ikoko is FM, which is based at Pretoria. But originally, most of the listeners, they are from one If maybe, maybe if possible, that radio can move to to one one of the places in one can be Siahuta or Wamshanga, please, if you can consider it. May I ask, ask you this question myself, Oscar, and he'll respond for himself. What, what, why do you think it would help? How, how would it enhance uh, the radio station itself or the people of Kwandebele? Maybe you can listen to those radios. Mm. Maybe if I'm in the valley, and maybe they, I want to report, maybe there is a funeral, they, you must take the letter to Pretoria mm. while you are staying in one ah, valley. Ah, now I hear. So you have to use the transport all the way 
economies of scale without sounding too technical it's yeah. the idea of placing a number of platforms a number of administrative and broadcast components of the SABC in a centralized location yes because the costs come down of doing that and that is really why we're there to people like Oscar I think what we should be looking at is using maybe technology instead of sending ingwadi yeah. and getting on itexi to to send a, a, a grievance or condolence uh, sorry condolence uh, uh, message what we might want to do is sms mm. whatsapp but oscar wa- also wants to meet his broadcaster he wants to meet his rams he at wants to meet the in- interface yeah. which is, is is fair enough but ultimately i can only respond to what he said yes. which is that the proximity is to ensure you know that he's able to pass messages yes if that is the case let's look at other ways msangabezi ask a question that's very close to my heart yeah. as a selfish broadcaster i'd like everybody to hear me everywhere <laughs> in the country and there are frequencies our frequencies are not strong in other areas yeah yeah look especially for for radio stations like metro fm as much as we would like to be everywhere the reality of the situation is that when we plan the broadcast infrastructure around transmission we need to understand that we we cannot put uh, transmitters where there are no audiences yes and ultimately you know the planners around how the transmission infrastructure is placed across the country look at things like are they audiences can those audiences bring advertising revenue and ultimately does placing a tower in a place of low density or low audiences result in greater income to the station very often the answer is no and as a result of this the planning results in unfortunately rams in certain areas not being as well heard as possible yeah. but in terms of our regulation we also have universal access Uh, requirements yes. as brought by our regulator ICASA which we try to fulfill as much as possible so sometimes you will find that in places of low density because of part of our universal access and coverage requirements we will go to places even where uh, they may not be necessarily audiences as one person said to me we might be broadcasting to rocks mountains and goats but <laughs> sometimes we do that and karima wants to know about multi choice yeah. uh, we we sold so, uh, family silver yeah. uh, he says for less than silver yeah look i mean there 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 are certain uh, deals that even the at the highest level of the sabc are being looked into i i can advise you and inform you that this is something that our board is looking at very closely yeah. and without preempting the processes that we are currently going through as a board as the executive of uh, the SABC i can assure you that we are reviewing a lot of uh, the commercial uh deals that we entered into in the hope that we can recover some of the value that uh, Nkhadima was complaining was about. And mm. finally Kariso uh, wants to know about African languages in particular Motswedi hey, FM that he says but they're desecrating his language. Hey. Look the the, the the reality is is that we w- w- the, the funny thing is when people think editorial policy they think that we're talking simply about things like bias fairness etc uh, etc et uh, for the news yes but really if you look at the editorial policy that the board has been working on since the time of the interim board of the SABC they're actually talking about language yes they're talking about how certain uh, ethnic groups or racial groups are presented yes on the SABC why is it that in many instances uh black people on some of our programs are always presented as criminals as the bad guys etc while other groups are presented in a less disparaging way uh, 
that talks about the way in which the SABC itself presents a true reflection, even in the way in which we engage in our language policies. Are we in the presentation of our African language platforms engaging in language processes that present and help to preserve our cultures and our linguistic practices? These are things that the editorial uh, policy is working on when it is finalized and finally uh, introduced into the SABC. I trust that a lot of our African uh, language stations will benefit from it in terms of the preservation of our culture, our linguistics. uh, I am way over time, and I've never done this to Ismail Abraham. So apologies, man. But Blame the CEO. Yeah, blame the boss. It's got nothing to do with me, mate. Uh, Please re-answer the Robert Marawa (laughs) issue. I don't want people to think I'm not wanting you to answer this issue because Look, I'm, I'm implicated here. For, for, for those who, who didn't hear my response, we, we are fully seized with the matter of ensuring that the right type of presenters, the preferred presenters without naming any names, are there presenting the kind of content that our audiences and the people want. I can assure you it is only in the interest of the SABC for us to have the right kind of presenters. I indicated in my previous answer that I've got a fantastic team that I'm working with that I need to empower to make those right decisions. And I know they're going to make the right decisions in the interest of our audiences. That's what I can say. So watch the space. We're going to make things better and we're going to do the things that please our audiences on radio. Finally, in one minute. Yes, sir. In five years' time, when mm-hmm. you look back, mm-hmm. how would you want to be remembered for what you have done at the ACB? What, what is the one thing that you would want to say, this is my mark? That it was never about Chris. Chris Maroleng was simply the instrument that led to the turnaround of our broadcaster to become, to become the broadcaster of preference in South Africa and on the African continent. That's it. And this broadcast will be podcast almost immediately on www.metrofm.co.za. If you missed it, thank you very much to my guest and the boss, Chris Maroling. Have a great evening and all the best in your job. DJ Man, tomorrow or next time I come, I'm going to finish at quarter to nine just to repay you the time <laughs> I stole from me, Rems Mabote. Good night and God bless.